Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. We're hanging out here at Silver Ranch, uh, which is a, a great opportunity and place to get away and just enjoy the many retreats that we have. So uh, if you've never heard of us, I encourage you to check us out at silvertranch.org. We have a variety of different retreats, and we also have a couple of ministries that we kind of oversee as well, including a one-year Bible college and a uh, another location called the Wolf River Refuge. Yeah, go check it out because we'd love to serve you. We love to um, express God's love to people and get them to love Him as well. So join right. us. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. But uh, in the meantime, you know, younger and older, this is uh, the opportunity that we just kind of talk about stuff. Dave, you're old. I'm we young. Do. Um, it's just the way it is. We do. And what we're trying to do is promote conversations between generations. So this is, if you're missing a conversation between generations, this is an opportunity to sit in on one. That's right. And to listen. So that's what we encourage you to do. My generation, um, has messed up a lot of things as every generation before me, because everybody's sinful. And what I would like to do today, Jason, is just talk a little bit about the confusion the nation seems to be in. Yes. Somehow. Yeah. You have uh, some sons. How many boys do you have? I have three. Three boys. Yep. And they're young. And they're they're growing up in the United States of America the way it is today. Yeah. And you grew up at a different time period. I did. I grew up at even a different time period than that. Yes. And I can't imagine or even fathom some of the anger and hatred that I see in the United States today. Oh, it's, 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 in some ways, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And, you know, so what I want to do is ask you, what is your take on it? Now, we had uh, that, um, this is obviously pre-recorded, so we had, on January 6th it was or something, the Congress met and people protested and got into the Capitol building and yes. did a bunch of things. Somebody got killed, you know, yes. in the process. Yep. Uh, then they dispersed it, they got together and they voted and, you know, the whole works and everyone's talking about how deplorable it is. What was your thoughts as you what did you watch any of that? Uh, well, I caught the headlines, okay. you know, obviously, and it, it was hard not to whether yeah. you're on social media or not. You see this stuff happening and it's like, whoa, yeah, you know, quickly escalated and got out of hand. And, and in one sense, the reaction is like in disbelief. It's like, seriously, yeah, like almost like not here we go again. But it's just like, can't can't we just do anything anymore in our country without any like violence? I feel like, yeah, I think, you know, now right. given it. You know, some might say it's a different group of people, you know, right. whereas, you know, um, this year we had earlier on in in response to George Floyd, some violence, you know, so it, it it's different groups of people. But the, the theme that I keep seeing is just the violence response and the and people trying to justify it. Right. And yet there's in my mind, there's no justification ever for something like that. No. And violence doesn't help anything. I know whenever you cause somebody else to be fearful, you haven't solved the problem. Right. Like, you know, you think of the people that did that. It's like, what were they trying to solve? What were they trying to prove? Yeah. And they could have proven it by being just calm. Right. And walking out and there. And there were take... many in the crowd trying to voice their opinion that were calm. There were. You know, but yeah. that, that wasn't highlighted, you know, much like even in the George Floyd, stu- Floyd stuff, there was stuff that was likewise, right. you know, didn't get the highlight. Yeah. You know, I, I encourage people to go back to uh, Relate365.com and... And take a look at some former programs. We had talked about predetermined answers. Yeah. And that's really, I think, some of the problem that, that exists today is that, you know, you can't really have a dialogue without hatred. You can't have a dialogue without people getting mad at each other. You can't have a differing opinion 
because if you do have a differing opinion, people begin to dislike you. And without the, if we cannot disagree and have different opinions, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to have dialogues, even if we're on different sides of the aisle and, and see things differently. There's always a bit of mutual respect that needs to take place, regardless of who you're talking to and what they believe. Yeah. And I think we're missing that in our culture. And children are growing up. Let me ask you this. I just wonder, years ago, I kept warning uh, parents about all the violence that's on television, mm-hmm. all the violence the kids take into their brain. Do you think that has any bearing on how people think today? I, I, I think they're definitely, like, whether or not you agree with, with the effect of it does, I think it does to an extent. Um, and, and, and we need to acknowledge that. You know, because no matter what it is, whether it's violence, everything that you consume on a regular basis impacts you in one way or another, whether consciously or subconsciously, you know, and and we need to be aware of that. Yeah, it creates a normal. Right. And if it's a normal response to beat somebody up when you disagree or you're always watching programs where people are being chased by police, there's murders going on, there's there's violence all the time. Mm -hmm. If police are always portrayed in a certain way in whatever you're watching. Mm-hmm. You, that's what you're going to think. Yeah, you you have to watch what you put in your head and keep feeding it. Uh, when I was younger, the people in my world basically were trying to debate the issue: Does the entertainment world actually reflect a culture, or does it shape a culture? Mm. And I I don't know. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. I mean, when your kids right now, your kids are young. Yeah. So would you have them watch violence on television so they can see what cultures like? No. See that? Yeah, I don't know any parent, responsible parent, that would. Right, right. So it's not about. It, it may reflect a culture, but how many things in life are not nice? If mm-hmm. you want to use that word, mm-hmm. and and in reality they're not nice. So I could list a few. I mean, child abuse isn't nice. Right. Would you watch it as entertainment? Mm-mm. No, at murder. You do watch as entertainment, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, car theft. No, well, we do watch that as right. entertainment. So, I mean, you can go through and say, where's the line then? And what in our culture now is absolutely normal? What would happen if we filled the kids' minds with things that were wholesome and decent and right? Hmm. How would they turn out 20 years from now? Yeah, hopefully better. Yeah, because yeah. there's a whole lot of problem right now in our world. Um, you know, all of the uh, sexual stuff that goes on, wh- whether they talk about, you know, their identity or gender identity, whatever it might be. But look at all the pornography and all the garbage that's out there mm-hmm. that, ki- that kids can consume by the hours. And then it, it, they're confused. Mm-hmm. And being confused is not healthy. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Uh, looking at the, what happened in the Capitol, confusion is the only thing that can happen in your brain. Right. You know, have you ever been to Washington, D.C.? I have. Have you ever tried to get in the Capitol? Uh, I think, well, it was with an eighth grade school trip, so, so I think we it, actually did. You had a tour, probably. Yeah, we had a tour of the Capitol. I don't remember. You don't get in there anytime you want. No. That's why I'm totally confused. Yeah. But that's a pretty high guarded area. Well, not only that, even when it's in session. Right. You know. And all the, everyone in the nation who was top leadership echelon was there. Yeah. Except the president. Right. Everything went on. You know, all of the senators, all the congressmen, the vice president, they were all in that room. Yeah. Really? They got in by breaking a window? Yeah. 
I would love to know what it really happened. I, I don't know. And people are saying, see, you're, you're fueling conspiracy theories. I'm really not. I'm asking a legitimate question. I want to know what happened mm-hmm. in our nation's capital that allowed people to even get that close right. to a situation that could have been escalated really. You know, what if it were a terrorist or something else that got in there? Mm-hmm. Um, that could have been really a different kind of disaster yeah. at this point. Yeah. So I'm not sure what happened. I just know that I think we're we're now um, seeing the fruit of people who have spent their life being entertained by fantasy. Mm-hmm. And some of it has been a violent fantasy where you can actually do a reset and have a life back, but you can't really do that in real life. Right. And so I'm not sure how many kids see it clearly or not. I was reading um, one of our former presidents who said, that um, he basically said that our current president, or who knows when you're going to listen to this, but uh, President Trump incited the violence on Capitol Hill, and he blamed the Republican Party and it's a company media ecosystem for not telling their supporters the truth. And I thought, wait a minute. All year we've suffered from violence for four years We've suffered from violence as far as uh, congressional violence toward the president, if you want to call it, mean words said by the president to the Congress, from the Congress to, I mean, just anger on both sides of the aisle. The culture that has been groomed is a culture of hatred, anger, and divisiveness, and both sides need to own it. Yes. And that's, that's what I would encourage you to teach your children. Yeah. Both sides are wrong. Both of them need to own it. We didn't get here by accident. Mm-hmm. If you know, if it wasn't the re- those who backed the Republican president protesting, and and it was Trump who was getting reinaugurated, or whatever, there'd be other people there protesting. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when uh, Trump got elected four years ago and the Never Trumper people? And yes. They weren't kind. No. So somehow. It doesn't seem to matter anymore what party you're with. Mm-hmm. Anger is the way to go. Yeah. The Bible uh, makes it clear that that isn't the way to go. In fact, the Bible tells us that you and I need to love our enemies. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? How do you love enemies? I mean, how do you do it? Do you have any idea? I mean, you're, let's say one of your sons came to you and said, how am I supposed to love him? He's mean. Yeah. What do you tell him? I mean, you start basic stuff. You know, the thing that, <laughs> I mean, even in, within our family, you know, it's teaching not to do things back just because they did it to you. Really? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's I know. a simple concept. I have concept. a brother, too. You know, so, I mean, I've got three boys. So yeah. if you have any boys out there, you totally understand. Well, yep. he did it first. It's like it doesn't make it right. Right. You know, but I, something simple. So, I, I mean, at their age, you just start with simple concepts, you know, because the thing is, and and, and I think as a culture, that something that we need to start embracing and, and, and acknowledging is the fact that Evil people do exist. They do. You know, and not everybody is is naturally loving. Right. And so we need to acknowledge that. Right. Because I think that would change the way that we respond in certain situations. If you do if you do teach though that the evil people exist, then you're also gonna have to teach definitions. Right. Hundred percent. That's gonna be where the rub is in our culture at this point. Right. Because uh, right now um, and you've heard me speak before on this, but confusion reigns. Yeah. That, that's what happens. Right. Which is what Satan wants. Exactly. 
if you look at the world in, in which we live, God is always a God of order. Yeah. Satan is always one who sows discord and confusion. Anything that ends up in confusion is not of God. Mm-hmm. It's not confusing if it's from God. Confusion paralyzes people. It absolutely paralyzes them. And, and what we need to grasp, what we need to understand is the paralyzation that makes a nation ripe for Satan to work his magic in the leadership of that country. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important for, for people to grab a hold of the idea that what we need to do is begin to know who God is, enjoy who God is, teach our children to know what God says, and get them to align with what God says. And those who disagree with God, we need to have the courage to say they are wrong. Yeah. But then we need to help feed them and care for them and everything else. Right, absolutely. And that's what they're missing. They're, they're basically, I think the generation that you're a part of probably learned it from us, but you don't know how to disagree mm. without hating. Yeah. Everybody's self-worth is tied to the fact that you need, you know, everyone to affirm you. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, uh, in California, yeah. Uh, let me get an article up because okay. they were um, they were actually having a law in California that if you are a transgender, or you're somebody who's a boy, a girl, and you want to be a boy, let me read it to you. The California Department of Insurance has directed all insurance companies in the Golden State to pay for mastectomies of any gender transition patients under the age 18. Oh, mass... Removing the breasts of a a young girl. Oh, okay. You know, so it's like if you're under 18 and you say you're a boy but you're really a girl and you want to have an operation to remove your breasts, the insurance company has to pay for it. Wow. The insurance commissioner, and and I want to get to a point on what he said, but the insurance commissioner, Ricardo Lara, issued a general counsel opinion letter clarifying that under existing California law, health insurance companies may not deny coverage based solely on a patient's age for female to male patients undergoing gender-affirming care for gender dysphoria. Hmm. Far too long, is what he said, this isn't what I say, this is what he said, far too long... Individuals diagnosed with gender dysphoria have had to battle a host of challenges to get across to gender-affirming care, to get access to gender-affirming care in order that their true selves, Laura said, uh, be affirmed. Social stigma, misconceptions about gender dysphoria and its treatment and its outdated medical criteria create barriers to necessary medical care that can lead to tragic results for individuals with gender dysphoria, especially for our transgender youth. So California is saying any young girl that comes that says, I want to be a boy, insurance has to pay for their operation to have that done. Hmm. And the reason is, is they want to be affirming. Hmm. And I, as an older person, am thinking, affirming? We have gone crazy on the affirmation bus. Yeah. I mean, years ago, we wanted to affirm everybody for everything. That's when the... The, the baseball team, everybody got a trophy for participating because mm-hmm. we need to affirm everybody. Right. When you could get an award in school for walking across a room and not tripping, so you get an, you know, let's give them an award at the end of the day for that. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to rewarding people for doing what they should 
right. and doing something above and beyond what they should. Is that evil now? I would say no. Yeah, but it's happening. But it's happening. It, it, yeah. The whole reason they want to do this is for to affirm. Mm-hmm. But what if you're doing something that's not right? Right. And that's where our kids are confused. They're wondering. You see a statement like this from California. That they're trying to affirm everything mm-hmm. rather than say, here's a right, here's a wrong, here's how you live, here's not how you live, you know, whatever it might be. And it's important for us to get to the point where we recognize what the differences are between right and wrong and the fact that if somebody is wrong, if we believe they're wrong, we don't hate them. Mm-hmm. We need to live in a way that demonstrates what right is. That's all. Mm-hmm. So if we think family is important, I need to live in a way that demonstrates that my family is important. Yeah, absolutely. If I think commitment's important, I need to live in a way that shows commitment's important. If I think God is right in what he says, I need to live in a way that demonstrates the fact that I believe God is right in what he says, and I need to know what he says, and that kind of thing. I I may not be able to change the world, but Mm -hmm. I can at least stop the confusion in my own world, in my own family. And that's, I think, the challenge for you with young boys. They're growing up in a world right now where where what happened in Washington, D.C. seems to be normal if you disagree with somebody, where people can say they're any gender and actually get other people to pay to have it worked out, to to where nobody seems to be right anymore about anything, and everybody can be right no matter what they say. And if you don't think that's true, then you're the one that's wrong. Right. You're right if you're right, unless you're wrong. Yeah. And... This is getting confusing. <laughs> and that's my point. You know, yeah. my point is very simple. At, at that point, you got you to gotta back the bus up and say, wait a minute. We didn't get to where we are today by accident. There's things that, that have happened along the way in this journey that got us here. And part of it is not identifying anymore that there is a God and that he made things a certain way. Yeah. And I think if I had young boys in my family like you do, I would just spend time talking to them about the way God made things. But now I would add a caveat to them all the time. I would say, not everybody believes this. Yeah. So they know from you that not everybody believes it, so they're not surprised when they see it. Mm-hmm. They can't be surprised. Yeah. And, of course, age-appropriate stuff, but they still, you know, have, has your uh, son ever come home from school and talked about things that surprised you that they talked about or anything? Uh, starting to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because who knows where the conversations go. Yeah. What the families are like. And then there has to be a way for you to talk about rightness and wrongness. Mm-hmm. And there also has to be a way for you to talk about how you love somebody who's wrong mm-hmm. and need to demonstrate to them how to live yeah. and not hate, hate them. So that's a challenge, I think. Um, uh, well, number one thing, obviously, if you want to do that, is you got to get in the Bible and read it. Yeah. Because if you're not reading that, you're not going to know what right or mm-hmm. wrong is. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so financial challenges. What are what are the financial challenges you think coming up in our nation? Oh, uh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, yeah. Who knows if we're going to see more stimulus packages given out more money given out i mean it's really hard to tell now what what is your thought on get money right now whether it be stimulus money or whatever else uh well obviously there's the human side it's like sure i'll take money yep you know but but the the concern i have is 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 really where does the money come from yeah you know and well it comes from the government it's like well 
yes and no, but if they're not getting it from us, you know, where is it coming from? Yeah. You know, and by mean uh, by means of getting it from us, if it's not coming from us paying taxes somewhere. So what if I told you, you know, no, where does it come from? what if I came back to you and said, so you don't care about poor people then? You just soon have them suffer. I didn't say that, but. Yeah, well, that's a, a predetermined answer that gets you to be quiet. Right. And not stand up and say, where's it coming from? Right. I think it's a valid question to at least ask, where's the money coming from? Right. Because you can only make it for so long before it starts losing its value. It, it has lost you its know, value. And that's, why, and that's why, I mean, you look at other countries just, you know, comparing apples to apples. And that's why you have exchange rates is because different countries handle their money differently, whether good or bad. And so that's what gives it value based on comparison to other people's currency. Yeah. You know, that's why you can go to some, what we would call third world countries, you know, and a dollar's like, say a thousand something or other, or 300 something or other, you know, and it's like, whoa, I get a lot for that. It's because over time their monetary system has lost its value, mm -hmm. you know, and at some point, the more that we give out, not saying it's, it's, bad thing you know but we at some like you said at some way we have to ask the question when do we stop doing that yeah and how do we fix the system yeah when does the do you think the government has taken over the role of the church uh i, th I mean when yeah. you take care of poor people right um you take care of the elderly you take care of poor people is it has it gotten to where we as a nation no longer even want the church involved and we'll do it as a social institution right and how healthy is that, really? Isn't the church supposed to take care of, of supposed the to. down and outers, if you want yeah. to call it, the, the needy, right. and share with them? And and that's the whole purpose of like a local group of people. They know who really is needy, and they know who to help. And yep. and you don't want to help people that can help themselves. If you can work, you shouldn't. You know, you shouldn't be not working. And and so you would need people on the local front to understand that. Mm -hmm. I think what's really hard is to to understand that. When you love somebody and you care for them, you want them successful, you actually don't do things that reinforce bad habits and, and bad ideas. Right. And it may even look unloving to mm -hmm. the person you're doing it to. And that's why I think the Bible says if you don't um, work, you don't eat. Mm -hmm. But there are people who are working but just don't have enough to take care of themselves and others. That's yeah. where the neediness comes in. Right. 100%. You know, right there. Yeah. So then the needy, you help. Mm -hmm. But those who don't work, you really don't help. Yeah. Because if you keep helping them, they will never learn to work. Yeah. There's a bit of responsibility that goes on. However, again, looking at the politicians, Washington, D.C., it seems like the one thing nobody wants to do is accept responsibility. Mm-hmm. Either party doesn't want to accept any responsibility for the anger and the violence and, and the atmosphere. It's always the other party. It's always the other candidate. Yeah. Um, I think we have some issues, though, as a nation that until we really want truth and until the people demand it, I'm not sure um, how it's going to change. Mm -hmm. And by demand it, I don't need, mean protest. Right. You know, I mean, it, for I'll give you an example. If... if if you don't think big banks, if you think big banks are in collusion with the government and, you know, trying to, whatever, you know, you just think there's a conspiracy going on and big banks are in it, then take your money out of the big banks and put it into local co-ops. Yeah. See, do something about it. Don't just say big banks are corrupt. Mm 
Yeah. If you have a credit card that you know basically uses one of the big banks, or you have, you know, do something, mm-hmm. and and then all of a sudden, if enough people, for, I don't want you to do this. I'm just using it for an example. But if enough people said, okay, Visa cards are corrupt. If if enough people said that, and they all abandoned Visa cards, Visa would have to change. Mm-hmm. And and there would have been no violence, no hatred, no. They just would have said, we're not. You know, we created a problem by creating this huge thing. I hear people complain about, you know, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Don't use it. Right. Get off it. You know, don't give them the authority. Don't give them the power. What if What if all of a sudden half the people or three quarters of the people that are on Facebook just turn it off? Mm-hmm. What kind of power do they have then? Right. It, it, in many cases, the people that we complain about have their authority and power from us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So do something. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't just complain about it. Do something. Yeah. Um, likewise, you know, uh, I, some people have caught on, caught on to it. I mean, they'll go to a store and they'll say, I don't like, um, you know, uh, altered food or whatever it might be. What is that called? G- GMOs. Or, GMO. Yeah. I don't like those, that kind of food. Okay. Well then don't buy any. Mm-hmm. If nobody buys food, that's not, you know, it'll change. Right. Or if, if you don't like something, make sure that you back it up by your, your, your activity around that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a healthy way to do it. That's what the free enterprise system has really been about. Right. It hasn't been about complaining and hating. And so regardless, you don't like Twitter, fine, don't use it. Get off of it, shut your account down, and see what happens. And we don't do that because we think it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Well, one may not matter. I understand that. But... If every voice that we're listening to, if there's something common that they want to say, this isn't right, if everybody in our nation had a way to determine what right was and wrong was, and when it was wrong, they wouldn't use it, mm-hmm. then things would change. Yeah. But we have to get back to that point where there's an absolute right and an absolute wrong. Right. Absolutely. You know, in order to do that. Uh, you know, it's really hard, though. As you raise children, you're going to see it gets harder and harder because you might be taking a stand on things that they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you eat, uh, let me ask you uh, some things. Do you uh, eat only grass-fed beef? Uh, do you know? Maybe. Okay. We you're, buy it from a... So obviously you don't know. So that's uh, that, From a that, family member. Yeah, so. that's not going to work. <laughs> uh, are you uh, um, pro or anti-vaccine? Uh, we don't do vaccine. Okay. So you're anti-vaccine. Now that's fine with me. I mean, I really don't, that's really your conviction. Okay. So if there is a problem, if enough people wouldn't get vaccinated, Mm -hmm. then those who make the vaccines would be in trouble. Yeah. And that's really what we have to understand. Right. You know, now again, I'm not making a comment on vaccines or non-vaccines that that's up to you. But if you are convicted about it and you go and you get vaccinated anyway, then you're not convicted about it. Right, right. So your actions have to start meeting mm-hmm. the realities or you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. And that's how you change a culture. If I want to change a culture, if I think right now that families are portrayed wrong, that then I need to have a strong family mm-hmm. to demonstrate what it looks like and what people are missing out on in not having a strong family. Yeah. If I think a marriage is, you know, between one man and one woman, I need to make sure that happens. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time here. It feels like it just flies by each time. But if you missed part of this episode, I encourage you to head over to Relate 365. 
Com. And you can re-listen to this or other episodes in our podcast. But for this time, this is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older, and we look forward to seeing you guys next time. Take care. Bye-bye.